This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I called him back, and I'm like, okay, you know how bad I want this. You know. I was like, I've been looking for a ride for, like, a year. You know, it was kind of like, if we're going to have kids, this is probably the right time to do it. So I'm pregnant. He's like, dead silence. Well, damn. It's the first time I've ever heard that excuse from a driver. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Fast Lane Family with Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Welcome to Fast Lane Family. I am so excited about today's show. One of my idols in racing, Miss Shauna Robinson, is with me today. And I have a funny story about that, which you, I have such a bad memory in telling stories. Just please forgive me. <laughs> but um, I can remember back at Myrtle Beach Speedway when I was racing late models and you were racing uh, in the Bush Series at that time and wanting your autograph so bad. And I, I got Jeff to bring me up there to meet you. And what was it after that that I faxed you for your autograph or before that that I faxed you for your autograph? I think it was after that. Well, you faxed <laughs> me when I got the poll. Oh, yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Yes. So after. Yeah. That would have been after. After. Yeah. After I met you. Yeah. Which was so cool because yeah. I've always looked up to you, too, and just, well, just your, your dad. Right. And knowing right. and just like that I can say that I actually raced with your dad. Right. It's so cool. Yeah. And he always used to come up and be like, you have the skinniest knees. <laughs> just a little bony knees. It's like. If Teresa, he wasn't like, gouging you, then he didn't like you, right? Right, exactly. Always, you always like, figured if you had headlock. <laughs> something to say or something to ear, you know, that was like bothering you about, then you were good. Yeah, exactly. So. so let's talk about, you know, your start in racing. I know that you raced the big rigs in the Great American Truck Series. Yeah. And you did that, kind of followed your dad's footsteps I from did. that standpoint. I did. My dad was very unusual. He was very, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, thank God, because I think a lot of, the way I turned out was because of my father and he was very much not the um, you're going to go to college and and do this he he didn't play by the rules at all and he was he was very much like you have to get out and live life and and learn to be street smart and learn how to negotiate and learn so he was a, a racer and a promoter all growing up and Right about when I graduated high school, he started promoting these truck races because he always tried to come up with something that was going to draw a different gender in or a totally different crowd along with motorsports. So he, the trucking industry was very big in the Midwest and, well, all everywhere. Yeah. So he started that, and it was really just off-the-street trucks, but no trailers, of course. And <laughs> we would run on... I thought on, that when I first... I know. Like, back then, I thought, wow, it's like racing this Did they this really do trailer? this? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely different. But I grew up... Every Saturday night, we're at a racetrack. We had little mini bikes or motorcycles or just, you didn't know any different. My sisters didn't either, and it was just what we did. So I was very easily adjusted to stuff like that. And so when we uh, went to a racetrack, it was actually Toledo, Ohio, and two days after I graduated high school. And I went to go help him with, like, the marketing part of it. And they were unloading some of the trucks in the parking lot and then taking them out. So I I was backing one off the trailer and I just whipped on into the track and just started doing hot laps. And so of course he yelled at me, pulled me out of the truck. You can't be doing that. You don't even have a helmet on and all this. And, I, and I'm just like, I was, and he's like, he knew what he was doing because he saw me and he saw like the throttle. He saw, and he's like, oh, if you went out there with other trucks, it'd, you, it'd scare you. You wouldn't be able to do it. Well, he knew what he was doing there too, because you don't <laughs> dare me to do something. So that's what happened is I raced that night in a heat race and then a feature. And you raced that night? I raced that oh, wow. night. Didn't have a suit, but I had like a helmet and yeah. tennis shoes. And so, of course, him being a promoter, it was I was 18. It was like the girl racer. But what he did is he, and I had fun, and that's all I was doing. It was like my summer. I just graduated yeah. summer to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And and so the next weekend we went to another track, and the next weekend another. Well, then he really, uh, he had me doing the advertising for the races. So he would put a budget together. I would have to contact the three television stations, three radio stations, 
and newspapers in the cities that we were in, and I'd have to go knock on their doors and, and buy advertising time, and then I would say, oh, by the way, can I see your sports producer, sports director? So I'd go into that, and I'd say, well, oh I drive. Gosh. So it was like he totally taught me how to sell myself and how program, to right. knock on doors. And, and then the racing was just, it was fun, but after a year, it was like, I really want to do this. So we moved into a level that was called the Gator Series, which kind of fell off of Smokey and the Bandit. Mm -hmm. And it was more modified racing trucks. And the thing about the trucks is, honestly, if I did it again, I wouldn't do it any different because they weighed 10,000 pounds. They weighed six to eight once they got a little more modified. But they went 180 miles an hour on a big track. That's incredible. So, and you would, one weekend you'd run dirt, the next weekend you'd run asphalt, the next weekend you'd run a speedway. And then, so I, there was nothing I could have gotten that kind of experience from. No, so, that's incredible. And you were pretty successful in that. You, I was, I was pretty there, good. It was, you were the rookie of the year. Yeah, rookie of the year, one, uh, finished third in points, never won the points deal. But, and it was also learning to deal with the drivers. That was a different world of drivers there. They were more like, truckers off the big road driving and, big trucks. yes yeah <laughs> it's kind of scary there was all different kinds but and you know a lot of them didn't like me and then there was yeah. the ones that did and that that looked at me as a racer but I really had to earn respect so it really helped pave the way for going to the next direction which was always stock cars I never ever really thought about uh well I did think about sprint cars but my mother which was <laughs> crazy was at, she was adamantly like absolutely no way you're not driving a sprint car because she grew up with AJ Foyt and Parnelli, no wings, no wings, yeah. and the, you know, she grew up in the days of, she's like, you are not getting in a sprint car. Well, I actually did get in a sprint car, but we didn't tell her, <laughs> but, um. I'm afraid that's yeah. going to happen with Carson and me. Yeah. Because I'm kind of, <laughs> you know, she's in the outlaw carts now, and I'm kind of like, no sprint carts, but that, that surprise and the doing it behind my back could happen between her and her dad, so that makes me a little nervous. Well, and there's something about <laughs> when you tell your daughter or somebody <laughs> who has a very hard something. head that they can't do something, it's almost like becomes a mission that oh, they yeah. do it. Some advice yeah. I got the other day raising to raise your teenager, and you have uh, Two. You know, older teens now <laughs> yourself, and uh, was to, you know, just agree with them. Like, don't, don't say what they're not supposed to do or don't tell them that they can't do it. Just go along with it, and, and then you kind of sometimes bring them around. To yeah, your, bring them around and see what your, kind of decision they make, which is thought, really hard yeah. to do because yeah. you want to tell them absolutely is, what right, you think. Based but off what your they're never going to agree, exactly. so it does make sense. And so from there, you went into the Goodies Dash Series. Yes, I went to the Dash really Series. Really successful there. That was, it was, that was great because I went, had no idea what I was going to be going from the, the big heavy trucks and so they didn't put really pressure on me the first race was Daytona I went and tested and you know they're all like if you don't feel comfortable or you need you know we got a backup driver here don't ever you know don't feel like and and I went you know Daytona was the biggest excitement of it it was like wow I'm gonna actually run at Daytona but these were four-cylinder cars so it was like <laughs> you're like all <laughs> the way around you're like seriously <laughs> is this all it does but what I didn't know and what I had to learn was things like drafting and you know, how to race and in the draft and things like that. So yeah, I had a great three years with the, with the dash cars and then made the move to Bush. But I, I learned a lot there and had a consistent team in the dash series. And I think that anytime I felt like I had success, that was definitely part of it. It was a team was factor equation, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what transitioned you into the Bush series from the dash series? Like kind of what, how did you make that decision? Impatience is how <laughs> I made that decision. And if I had it to over again, I would have stayed in the dash cars and just focused on winning and it's like you have opportunities so you don't know if you're doing the right thing or not you just want to be you want to move up and yeah. i wanted to move in the bush series and i think it's it, from that time it, it was always limited schedules and i think that any racer i don't care if you're male or female if you're not running consistently and you're not running the same amount 
you lose so much from one race to the next right. that everybody else is gaining. So, and at that time as a female, it was a lot of pressure on performing, even though they didn't really look at it like, well, you've only ran three races and everybody else is on their 15th. Right. And, but, but that was what I had to do. And I always looked at it like whatever opportunity I have to make the best of it, even if it's not the best equipment, if I can drive crappy equipment, then imagine what I can do in good equipment. Right. So it was always kind of just fighting for that aspect of to get to the next better situation, but you got to go through some bad ones to get to the good ones. Yeah, and you definitely had your share of that, you know, yeah. from <laughs> different situations and scenarios. And I mean, you know, I think in all honesty, you never really got that true consistent opportunity. I don't, um, yeah, you know. and I agree with that. I think there were some good, some good moments, but yeah. I yeah. think that really when I got to the point in like 2005, when I just said, you know, this isn't, I want to be competitive. I want to be, I don't want to be a, a start and park and I don't want to be a, right around the back just to be there. I wanted more out of it. And my kids were getting older and, and I was just like, if I can't do it the right way, then I don't want right. to keep doing this. I'm not doing it for the image of it. I'm doing it to win. Right. But I think that in 2005, six, that's really when things started to turn around a little bit. So I always wonder what if, but I can't really do that because yeah, I, I do got that. to I do, do the so same much. Thing from driving late models. And, yeah. And people say, you know, well, you know, would you get back into that again? and you know what stopped you and the factors were just um you know different then and they were different for yeah. you 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 had success first women woman to win a pole in the goodie series first woman to win a pole in the bush series um first woman to finish a cup race you know lots of great first for you and and i was looking to uh, you were the 13th woman in Nas in a nascar series I mean, 13 oh, women, wow. you know, and... See, um, I didn't you even know, know that statistic. Yeah. That's and, cool to know. You know, so now there's, you know, Danica and Joanna Long, and so there's, you know, maybe they're up to 16 or 17, I know, you but know? still, isn't that amazing? But it's that amazing that to have 13 women in a sport where, you know, there was hundreds of men that have come through at that point, you know, all the way when you go back to, to when NASCAR started. Um, how do you use your success then and, and even your, you know, good and bad now in your capacity to uh, maybe mentor females and people in the sport that are going through that now? Really, I haven't. Um, I, I would love to do that to to mentor more. I mean, I have done a little things just more on it, whether email or just phone conversations to help out girls that are starting up with the women in the winter circle. Yeah. I met a lot of young young girls. I did that with Lynn the first time she did it in Indianapolis. And I believe that was the first time I met Danica who was running um I think she'd just come back from running in Europe and yeah. she was just becoming and Aaron Crocker was running and there was a lot of girls I knew but then a lot I didn't and a lot that had a lot of questions and if there was something I could go back to that I wish I had was uh, my dad was always there for me and, and, you know, but father, daughter, you have like <laughs> you, you have your little arguments and whatever he says, I'm going to disagree or so we had that, but he was definitely my strength, but I never really had that one to kind of keep me in check. Mm -hmm. Like emotionally, a, a woman will get judged a little bit differently on how she may handle a situation when I knew something wasn't the way that it should be or I knew something was going on and I approached that I probably didn't approach it in the best way because I approached it emotionally right. and I took it personally yeah. which I, that's what I would that's what I would say is you know like really evaluate the situation and who you're approaching whether it's the owner or the crew chief or the manager or whoever it is because you're basically going up against yourself and there's not really going to be anybody to back you up right 
And if you go in there emotionally, then they're not going to hear anything you say. All they're going to be is like you're totally overreacting <laughs> and you're, you know, like a guy could punch the wall because he's mad about and something okay. and that makes, yeah. cool that makes him cool. And damn, and, he yeah. did that, you know, like, <laughs> but if you come in and you're at all hysterical <laughs> in any way, it's like... Yeah, she's totally crazy, she's and she needs. Yeah, she's, she's out there. Ooh, she's alone. <laughs> yeah, so those emotions, I'd be like, keep them in check. If you have to go into your lounge and you close that door and you cry and you scream and you kick and you do whatever you got to do, then you pull Behind yourself together <laughs> and you walk out there with a level head and you have a conversation because that's where you just really got to know what. And I know um, a guy that was training me after I broke my shoulder, uh, Al Shuford, who was at the time trainer for the Panthers. He helped me get my shoulder back in line and helped me but he kind of became this motivator for me and it was when I was starting to run limited cup and he's like your attitude when you have that helmet on and you're driving through that garage area you are on a mission like you have an attitude from the time you pull out and you do not care who's on your right who's on your left you don't care about the people you don't care what anybody's saying or mm -hmm. thinking and it really worked I mean it was really somebody that helped me really that it, it starts from the moment you pull through the garage the moment you do anything you build yourself up plenty of times yeah. but sometimes there's just that it helps to have that person that's maybe not in your daily life yeah. that can yeah. see things from a different perspective and I'd say you know keeping your emotions in check and definitely keeping your per personal life <laughs> personal the way I looked at it is I was kind of I was an athlete I looked none of I wasn't the same as any of my friends that you know graduated and were going to parties and then they were getting married or going to college then getting married I was different I, I was looking like I looked at it like you have to take it seriously and you're training like an athlete would train you're not going to be normal which fit me well because I don't think I was ever normal right. to begin with right. so it was different to where I really felt like you know if you're on the goal the path to be a driver then you have to absolutely do it the same way that a swimmer is going to mm -hmm. compete to win a medal you have to go at it 100% and you have to be passionate yeah. about it so outside of Danica Patrick who had success in a series and you know she had a foundation behind her Absolutely, when she came yeah. into NASCAR. You know, there's still um, females are having a hard time at it in our sport. You know, Joanna Long showed a lot of promise in situations now this year without a ride. Have you, you know, do you have thoughts on the differences between when you were trying to make it as a racer to now? And are they different? Are they the same? I think there's a, I think there's a little bit of both. I think they're the same where you see like people that you see have potential, but then they don't have the backing of the, the right car owner or the, the car owner or the sponsor to bring to the table. To the so it's still the struggle, whether male or female, I think there's still the struggle of the yeah, corporate. Yeah, that totally exists. Yes. <laughs> the corporate world of, of getting somebody to put, you know, the, yeah. the backing into you. And I always felt like they always took so much media attention towards the the road or the path that I would take and it would be like let's put the attention, attention into <laughs> the car <laughs> right. and then when I perform that's all going to come right but there was a lot of that pressure but I do think like with Joanna it's it's it is amazing to me that that she doesn't have the ride or have the the deal but it's just it's just as hard as it always was yeah. and there was always those deals and that's where you kind of like you don't want to take a limited deal or do you does she step back and go into the series where she was winning and just so you don't lose any seat time. Right. And it's hard to do when you start to make that climb up. But if you don't have the the right deal to bring to the table or to bring to the right car owner, it's it's hard yeah. to do. And sitting out is the worst thing you can do. Yeah, you got to keep going. Hate to sit out. Yeah. But but like you said earlier, you know, you have to sit there and you and I've had this conversation with my um, nephew Jeffrey. You you have to evaluate 
you know, being in a ride and what is the capability of that ride? Like you said, you know, is it a, a back marker? Is it a start and park? What kind of seat time are you getting in? And what, what are, what are the perceptions of people watching you do that? Are they, is there perception that you're working hard and you're doing everything it takes and you're doing all you can, or is there perception that you always ride around in the back of the pack? Yeah. Well, I think no. automatically that's their perception. <laughs> if you are riding around in the right. back, then they, they think that's yeah. what, because if you have happen. talent, you should be able to take yeah. this POS car and put it to the front, it to right? The front. No, right. it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think you do have to, you you, you don't want to take a, a deal that's going to put you in that situation, yeah. but you kind of got to find the opportunity to get, I mean, one of mine was James Finch. I always wanted to drive for James Finch because there was never a, a track that he didn't bring a winning car, that mm -hmm. he didn't have the right equipment. And funny story there is I constantly knocked on that door in, in the, um, it was Arca up into Bush, but Purvis was driving the Arca mm -hmm. car and he was moving into Cup. And so I was like, you know, give me a chance. Just give me a chance to drive that Arca <laughs> car. Give me a chance. So uh, they called me in, I think it was the off season in 95. Yeah, 95. And Mark Reno called me and he's like, hey, uh, we're getting ready to go test at Daytona you want to come test the ARCA car? And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my Heck God, oh, yeah. my God. Well, five pregnancy tests later, <laughs> <laughs> I called him back, and I'm like, okay, you know how bad I want this. You know. I was like, I've been looking for a ride for, like, a year, knocking on doors, and, you know, it was kind of like, if we're going to have kids, this is probably be the right time to do it. So I'm pregnant. He's like, dead silence. Well, damn. It's the first time I've ever heard that excuse from a driver. <laughs> so to yeah. make the, the silver lining of that story is – in 99 was when I came back after having Tanner and Samantha was in James Finch's car, Bob Evans, and finished second under caution. And let me tell you, I would have won that race or crashed if I would have, if it would have finished under green. green. So, and that was one race deal, ran up front all day. I opened you eyes of a lot of people. I felt stronger yeah. mentally, physically. I just was a different person. And that was after kids and then after kind of. I knew I was going to go back to driving. I knew there was no way I wasn't. Yeah. A lot of people had their judgments about that. But, I mean, I always felt like if a, a woman, if you're going to climb a mountain and then you have a baby, are you not going to climb mountains right. anymore? You're still right. going to do. And I wanted to set goals for my kids. And so that was a that was a pretty cool situation. And then that story. led to Michael Cranifus, which led to other deals. So you yeah. never know what opportunities you might yeah, have. Yeah, I have a similar situation to that when I was, um, when I found out I was pregnant with uh, Carson. I was sitting in John Force's funny car, and I always said when I raced late <sighs> models, everybody always said, man, you drive too far down into the corner. You know, you got to back off the corner to make your corner better and, you know, get off the corner better. And it just never worked out for me. <laughs> and they said, you should go drag race. And so I'm sitting in John Force's funny car, and he's like, man, wouldn't you like to do this? And and he's like, man, I'd put you in one of these. I'll put you in one of these. I'll, I promise I'll put you in one of these. And I said, well, we got one small problem. I'm <laughs> expecting a baby. Oh. <laughs> and this isn't going to work out. <laughs> so, And you know um, he's had yeah. experience with that. Yeah. I just, uh, how cool is it that he's got his Now with his daughters. Girls. And, yeah. yeah. It's just totally awesome. Well, let's shift gears because not only were you a fabulous racer, but my gosh, do you have some creativity, <laughs> girl, or what? You, you are just fabulous in this world of interior design and I've been able to see that for years through projects that you've worked on. You did our building here at Junior Motorsports in 2008. You helped me with my house in 2006. You did projects before that for lots of different people, um, you know, painting murals and this, that, and the other. And you're still doing it today. Still and, doing it now. Yeah, and have a great business in that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But has that always been within you, the, the creativity? I think so. Yeah, design? my mom. My mom was very 
very creative and she was always changing stuff around and furniture and her sisters too they always were going to antique shows and so I always had it and I've always loved design and like chairs and just furniture and stuff but I don't know I think it's 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 just something that kind of like the driving thing I didn't never it's just part of me and I think yeah. when you know you have an ability to drive or to adapt you, you feel it in the seat of your pants and then with with the decorating I, I haven't really had any formal education with it it's more just overviewing the whole <laughs> look and being like well this is what I think and then not being afraid to speak that out and to yeah. to and to learn the person that you're that you're working with and I've just been very lucky it's kind of was when I was pregnant I started yeah. doing painting and design and then just word of mouth so how how does the process work for I know how the process worked for me but how does the process work in general when you're talking to a client because you have your own style and if people know happy chair and people look at the things that you create that's Shauna Robinson yeah. to a T but you know when you're going and not into everybody likes that right, so yeah no there's no question house, how do you make that work you know for both oh it's just going so into that, their environment like what what their their look is I and mean, it could be totally modern but it, it's more just it's, it's kind of the objects and the space itself and then adding in the lighting and the color and so it doesn't matter if it's a look that I necessarily like it's something that I feel like the weight is placed equally in the yeah. room and the color balance and and there's the, the fillers the light lighting is huge in any project I don't care if it's commercial whereas I don't what it is you've yep. got to have the lighting and the big pops of color or or none at all and making that real surreal but I don't know it's just really a, when I meet with the person it's about them it's about yeah. what they're looking for I remember going through that process with you on my house and you picked out everything from you know the tile in my kitchen to you know the shape of my toilet it didn't matter you would like I said you're gonna do this yep. and you pick this all out and I remember that statement from you about the lighting and and I think I pushed back you know and sometimes and I would say man Shauna that's just a lot of money for that piece of that lighting <laughs> and you're like I know Kelly but just wait till it's there and I'll tell you what I've I mean I've got the same thing in my house which is great I that's... love it eight years later See, and that to me is success. And like yeah. when I even walk in here at Junior Motorsports yeah. and I we, see the wall yeah. or I see the lights, it still is a current. Yeah. It feels like a still like a yeah. good environment. Yep. And this shop was one that was different mm -hmm. than any. So many people comment on yeah. the shop. They love it. Well, and because it was coming in here and it was about earth tones yes. and about, it wasn't what you heard. Like because the we had that the, orange you know, in our logo, you were yeah. like, we're going this direction with the browns and, you know, your typical yeah. race shops, red, white, and black and the checkered flags and the, our wall with our sponsors on it, people absolutely love. And uh, Sherry, when I had her on the show, she's looking over there at the lighting in the retail store and um, she's like, did Shauna even put those lights in here and I'm like yeah and she's like cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that makes me so happy to yeah. know that and to know like with your house and then with the girls room and then as they grew and then with Wyatt yeah. and just being able to be a part of that and it's a little yeah. mix too because Wyatt's room was more you know a little bit the weathered and, and, and yeah, yeah lodgy yeah, looking yeah. so it's a good mix because yeah. you got a little modern. we have it all we've got the diva upstairs yeah. and Carson and we've got <laughs> Uh, the black and white zebra and teal and hot pink and all that going on. And then Carson Kennedy's room is real soft. calm and soft. You know, we've got soft pink and purples and cream. And, uh, you know, it's like the princess room. And then Wyatt's got, you know, weathered furniture and wood and the, the tree wallpaper and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's it a good is look. Really different. My, my common space is kind of all goes together. <laughs> but but everybody's yeah. rooms are, are different. I feel like I've been blessed to have a second passion. You know, and a lot, a lot of people can say that, no. to be able to say that 
I did totally different worlds and did the, the whole racing thing, even from the trucks and raced in France and in Mexico and different world and then doing the NASCAR thing and then actually running the Daytona 500 and, and running Michigan in my first cup race and just to do that and then to be like, ah, oh, you know, Miranda Lambert bought eight pieces from me and Whoopi Goldberg bought a piece from me. I know, that's so <laughs> cool. And so, I mean, I'm very, very, very lucky to, to have that, something that I'm passionate about and be able to go to work like that yeah, every so day. Yeah, so you have the interior design side where you help people with, you know, various their whole house, parts of their house or whatever that is. And talk about Happy Chair and how that started and specifically kind of what that is. Yeah, Happy Chair is kind of really a piece of my heart because it kind of came with, I was doing the design and the chairs were something I always had. It just, I don't know why, but I always had a, uh, when I look at them, they have a personality to me. They're little frames and they're like, I, I give them names and it's kind of <laughs> weird, but um, I started, nice yeah, <laughs> started in my um, garage and I just had like, I was doing some decorating work, but I had a chair and there was a chair I wanted from Anthropology that had this like bold floral and I've shown it to my friend and she's like, you could so make that chair. Why? Like, why don't you just make it? She's like, I, she's all neutral. Like all her pillows are yeah. all creams and browns. And she's like, That's you me. can take, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you can take like flower and stripe and then geometric. And I would think in a million years, I'm going to throw up if you were going to put that together. And then you put it together and it looks great. Like make your own. So I did. I just kind of made my own and then. I started playing with it a little more just part-time on, did a little show at Metrolina and people were like, loved it and really have a thing about mixing fabrics up and giving it a different look. And so now it's grown to be where now I am more, it's, it's making chairs and sofas for the home that are really a piece that kind of becomes your room. Like you get a piece and you're going to change the room to go with the piece. Right, exactly. And that's kind of where where I started making it. But Happy Chair is still, it's it's not grown to be like holding its own as just the business. I still am doing the decorating and, and keeping that to keep things going. But Happy Chair is definitely growing and I'm doing online sales now with companies like One Kings Lane and used to do fab.com, but now they've changed. But um, there'll be some other online and then the big shows I do in Texas, which is where Miranda came in and right. bought a bunch of pieces and so that's that's just been really cool to know that and of yeah, course I didn't say anything like yeah happy chairs yeah well there's so. more to it than happy chairs now I just uh, I was um caught my eye I think on Facebook or Twitter or something about the framed pieces yeah you're doing. I just started doing the, the large curtains art and I mean you really can do anything yeah. I mean in at my house you went to Target you bought a shower curtain <laughs> the next thing I know it's got this awesome design of like you said the big flowers, flowers the, geometric solids whatever yeah. it is and you can take this $20 shower curtain and make it look like 300 bucks yep. you know yeah it's, it's fun and it's more yeah it's just adding like god my studio is like full of bins of just scraps fabrics. and fabrics <laughs> yeah. and I love to be able to vintage is very big with me yeah. too I love to take vintage and and mix that all up but it's it's so cool to to see the personalities of people yeah. that I might make a piece for knowing like you know what would like if I did a piece for Kid Rock what do you think it would look like so I'd love yeah. to do something like that American like badass yeah <laughs> yeah that's what you think but what if it ended up being like this tropical you know breeze Tommy Bahama looking tropical chair you would right. never think but right. you never know like what you know what you think their personality is but what does their home really look like right. or what does that say about yeah, them true. that'd be that's a cool true. thing to open some doors on yeah. So, so you have online at, um, Shauna Right. is, uh, if you Google happy chair, it'll come up, but it's right. Shauna Robinson.com and then it'll show, um, we're going to start putting the artwork on the online store right now. I just have chairs, yeah. but I'm going to start adding that to it. And the artwork's really cool. Cause it can be dogs. 
huge trees. Yeah, I've seen a it mermaid. Be, I've seen yeah, a, yeah, mermaids. I've made people's dogs on their chair. You'll send me a picture of a dog, and I'll create it yeah. on the piece of furniture or on art. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. I was looking for something to do a different price point at shows and that people could yeah. buy art that looks a lot like my furniture. So yeah. it's gone over really well. Yeah. I want to do clothes, too, but I haven't gotten that far well, yet. Well, I remember T-shirts. Yeah, I was doing me. little T-shirts. <laughs> the little T-shirts went really well. We just kind of stopped. We got yeah. busy with other stuff. And, yeah. But, yeah, I wanted to do, like, bohemian kind of clothes yeah. and some I head scarves, maybe, scarves which <laughs> things I'll start creating very soon. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have two happy chairs and two happy couches, yes. and we love them. And, and you're right. They're they're timeless. They stay. You, work, you create around them, you know, and, and they're just pieces that – you look at and they're just incredible. And so I buy everything around that. You know, I'm like, oh, I want to change our bedspread. But we've got to match this happy yeah. chair. Yeah, got to match the happy chair. <laughs> got to work with this happy chair. So you yeah. brought up scarves and the need yes. to maybe create some, some scarves soon. You were recently diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. We were talking outside the studio with my cousin Stacy, who went through leukemia. So I had that experience with her from a family standpoint. And you're new into, you know, you're new into your uh, journey with this. Yes. And lots of crazy feelings, I'm sure. But I was thinking about, you know, just in talking about this, because it's hard to talk about, yeah. you know. And I'm thinking to myself, but in every experience, um, even if it's bad, there's always something good out of it. And uh, I don't know if you're far enough in your journey that you've, you've picked, picked something out or picked something positive out of it. I, I know at the end of your journey, you will. Yeah. You know, there'll be something that you learn from it. But have you kind of felt that yet? or? Well, you know, I, I, first when, you, when I found out, it's, you know, the last thing you think. You never think it's going to be said to you. Yeah. So the first week was really just a fog. And now it's, it's, I really wanted a path kind of to know you get so much information so quickly and it is amazing all the, um, support that breast cancer has and all the research and they're almost ahead of themselves, which is how they explained it to me is there's so many new things and new treatments. And so I definitely am taking a positive look at it, but it still is just like you're, you still have to go through the yeah, process yeah. of the treatments. And so I've been through my first chemo, which was definitely, was very, like, I'm ready <laughs> to take this on. And then um, a few days later, I wasn't so ready. But um, yeah, it's definitely something that I, I do. I'm reading the book right now, Silver Li The Silver Linings, mm -hmm. and it's by a, a, a nurse that actually uh, went through breast cancer. And it's, it's funny, it's actually a lot of the same exact stages and same processes that she's. So I'm learning a lot there, but it is, I think that it's going to, it's going to make me stronger. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go through a lot of weak, good days and bad. But I think overall, it's almost just like the cleansing process that, that I'm starting to feel like I'm going through. There's kind of like you want to fight it a little bit yeah. with, um, you hear so many things. Like some people don't react to chemo or some don't have side effects and don't have, and my body's going to be different. And I'm now starting to learn what my side effects are. And so now next time when I go in the first week, how am I going to be a little bit more ready for yeah, that? So it's almost yeah. like for me to Some research, yeah, yeah, which is very not me. No, I know. <laughs> Hello, so, I'm going to give you a kudos. You showed up 15 minutes early. I know. So see, there's already good coming out of this. There is. I mean, there it's going to be, I don't, I don't, and you know, it's not like I'm, I'm, I don't think that God puts us in a situation we can't handle, though there's so many situations that people go through in life and you wonder why it just doesn't make any sense with the loss of a child or things I could never even compare or even know how you would feel 
but there's a reason that I'm going through this and it's to cleanse my body and to get it healthy and and I think that that's going to make me stronger and it's going to I hope that I learn things that I can pass on to 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 other people and just seeing Stacy and seeing her glowing face there and her beautiful head of hair and (laughs) you know it's just like you know it's all going to be okay it's just the process of and right now I'm in that early other the other side yes you know you're going to cross the bridge and you're going to get the hair back and, and life can become somewhat normal because even as Stacy says, you know, often it never truly becomes normal because it's always in the yeah. back of your mind, you know? And, yeah. And it's when and, you first, it's almost like in the book, she describes it as Cancerville. It's like yeah. everybody around, it's like you're in Cancerville yeah. and sometimes you just want to get out of Cancerville yeah. and not <laughs> be there, but it really is what your life becomes. Yeah. So you just have to go through the process. And yeah. so early on to it, I'm, you know, I'm still, scared I know you know my hair's getting ready to go any day and I know that's so not important that's it comes back and it's so funny because I'm the girl that if you look back at racing pictures it's blonde or it's red or it's short or it's long or who so I've never really cared anyway I've always been up for new things so I'm sure it'll um be an experience perfect introduction for this for this happy clothing yes it is actually and I have the some of the coolest vintage fabric that's real floral and silky and so I'm going to definitely play around with that and make my own my own pieces and we'll just go from there well I appreciate you joining me today and wish you all the best and everything you You know how my phone you know my phone I know it works I know (laughs) if you need anything you give me a call I'll rally the troops around us (laughs) and there's been a lot of that it's been amazing with the support I've had with with people in the community and then in Facebook and just it's amazing and I just want people to know that I hear your words and and they do and they touch me and they, they're helping me down this path and I truly appreciate it. All right, it's time for Ask Kelly. And remember that you can submit questions on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Kelly um, to my Twitter handle, Earnhardt Kelly. Our first question is from at Spears Jacob. He says that as an older brother, he loved intimidating his sister's dates. What was it like for you to bring home a date to meet your dad? <laughs> great question. Yeah, chime in. If yeah, you that's have. a great question. In all seriousness... I can't even think of a time when I really brought home a guy to meet my father. One, I wasn't allowed to date till I think I was 16 or 17, 18, maybe 18. I was a senior in high school. But I did have this guy I liked in high school, and, and my dad met him and liked him okay, and I was able to, to go out with him. But there was really – my dad told me – I'll never forget this. He said, um, when I'm home, you can bring him over and I can meet him. Okay, when do you go out on dates? Friday well, Saturday. yeah, weekends. Okay. Where when are there races? Yeah, <laughs> weekends. Okay, so was Dad ever home? No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was pretty intimidating. And even uh, as I got older, just, you know, guys in general, my dad was a very intimidating factor in that. <laughs> All right, next question is from at one new big fan. Are there tours that people can take of Junior Motorsports, and are there items in our retail store that you can't find anywhere else? You most definitely can take tours at Junior Motorsports. We do them mostly on Thursdays and Fridays. You can go to jrmracing.com and find out more information there. We do some specific times. And then, of course, around race weeks, we probably do them all week, race week. And we'll do group tours. You can call in and, um, you know, we can do large or small groups, um, specific times and do those on Saturdays as well. As far as items in the retail store that you can't find anywhere else, yes, I I definitely know that there are items in our store that you can't find anywhere else. We do carry a lot of Whiskey River branded merchandise. We carry Junior Nation branded merchandise. 
We also carry 88, you know, Dell Jr. merchandise. But we kind of have, we have a small area, but we have a, a lot of things to choose from. Um, so I'm sure you can find something that you can't find anywhere else. Uh, this is one of the coolest retail stores. <laughs> I've been, and I've done a couple. So yeah, yeah. this is, this is one of the coolest as far as product. You guys yeah. have a lot of cool merchandise. Yeah. At Leanne23 wants to know what your favorite Easter candy is. Definitely malted robin eggs. What's your favorite candy? Peeps. peeps. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I, I, love I love Peeps, peeps too. It's a toss-up. <laughs> I love Peeps, Peeps too. are like spring. Yeah. Spring is here. And I like to um, open the Peeps and kind of let them get a little harder. Yeah. You know? Mm, good. My kids don't like Peeps that well. I don't understand it. Oh, love Peeps. <laughs> At PS Frog 9 a few weeks ago, you talked about camping. Define the Earnhardt style of camping. Okay. Well, most people are probably going to call this glam camping because we take a camper. We actually, you know, have a bathroom and a bed and all that. Um, I don't really tent camp. And not to say that I wouldn't, but I wasn't really brought up to camp. So I don't know a lot about tent camping. But my husband and I, when uh, I met my husband, he had a, a small tag-along travel trailer. And the kids and I, we, we he and the kids and I would go have a lot of fun with it. We've upgraded to a fifth wheel with bunk beds in the back. You know, we just, we like to kind of, I have a list of places that I like to camp. And usually it's because there's things in the area like Natural Bridge, Virginia. We wanted to go to the Natural Bridge and there was a zoo up there and, you know, different things that you could um, go to. And we want to go to Helen, Georgia because the Cabbage Patch Hospital's there and Kennedy wants to go there. But there's also tubing and fun stuff to do like that. So we kind of make a list and, and look for other things in the area. But camping, you know, definitely includes s'mores and includes cooking out on the grill and corn on the cob on the grill and hamburgers and hot dogs and oh. fun foods like that. All right, so it's time for final thoughts. So, Shauna, these are for you. You can just, whatever, the first thing that comes to your mind, maybe the first thing that comes to your okay. mind. <laughs> They're very easy. Um, sweet or salty? Salty. Beach or mountain? Beach. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Do you have a dog? Yes. Yes. Ellie. Ellie. Well, you, I have I have actually a few dogs, uh -oh. but <laughs> Ellie is my main dog that I got uh, my boyfriend for his birthday last, well, it was last fall in October in Texas. I brought her home. She was a little stray. Aww. She's so cute. So she's my little, she's half lab, half Dotson. Oh, so gosh. She looks like a cute. Rottweiler. Yeah. She looks like a mini Rottweiler. Yeah. But, um, and then at, at home I have uh, another rescue uh, god I just went <laughs> I just forgot Blank my dog's on her name, name. <laughs> I know Rue who jumps like a kangaroo and then I got my mom a dog when she first moved in with me um, from Iowa I got her a little uh, Dotson long hair Izzy so we yeah, talk, I love dogs I think dogs are like kids once you have one it doesn't matter if you have two three or four no nope. And we talked a lot about last week with Megan Smith, Regan's wife, about rescues. And yeah. so awesome that you have rescue dogs. Yes. Hills or flats? Hills. I'm surprised. Oh, no. Flats. Wait. I'm digging mountains, oh. hilly roads. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. Flats. Boots. <laughs> boots. Oh, I, flats. I'm, yeah, I'm no. Thinking, no, she's going to say flats. No. Here. Flats. You're always in the cutest boots. And yeah, but yeah. I'm definitely a. Cute. I'll wear heels if it's like <laughs> I have to. But. but you're tall, so you probably. Yeah, I'm just, just comfortable. I'm like a boots girl heels. all the time. Yeah. Cook or eat out? Cook. Yeah, Dress, I love to cook. Yeah, I thought so. Dress or jeans and a tee? Jeans and a tee. You know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> City girl or country girl? Country girl. Definitely. Well, I grew up in Iowa, so yeah, I'd take the farmland anytime. Yep. Well, thanks again. This has been really fun. Hope everybody has a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 